You're listening to Trickle Down Theories, where football knowledge is power. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now, here's Eric Trickle. Good morning, afternoon, or evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Trickle Down Theories Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Trickle. On Trickle Down Theories, we talk about all things NFL and draft, and we have a focus on the Denver Broncos, as I am an analyst with MyLifeHuddle.com. We talk about all things signings, trades, rosters, team meets, anything and everything you can think of. For those of you who may have been following my work for a while, you guys know that I have a grading system for players, and that for the last quite few quite a few weeks... There haven't been any player grades coming out from me for MileHighHuddle.com. Well, I'm here. I've gone over the first few games of the season. I mean, we're on the bye week. I figured now would be the good time. And today I'm going to be bringing you my player grades for where we sit at this time. Now, this is every single game that's been played. It's I've graded each game individually, and I've been grading them as and I went on, and it was a continuous thing. So from game one to game two, the grade just kept raising and lowering. Some of them fell pretty far and then were able to raise back up. And it's just been a long, grueling process for me to get these grades done for you over the last few weeks. Now that it's a bye week, I figured now is a great time to do it. Now, for those of you that don't know about my grading system, my grading system is a little bit different from most other grading systems. I have a, basically, best way to put it is that each player starts out with 50, 50 points, so to speak. Now, a positive impact on a play and a negative impact play will either raise it for a positive or lower it for a negative. But how much it raises or how much it lowers also depends on how big of the impact actually was. Now, see, a cornerback not engaging a blocker on the opposite side of the play, that's a negative impact, but it's not going to be as big of an impact as a defensive lineman who's the ball carrier is running right at getting driven 10 yards downfield. The amount of impact matters based on the outcome of the play, what they did on the play. An interception, I mean, that there's so many factors that go into it. Now, this is a grading system that I have been working on and refining over many years. I first started it back in 2013, and it's gone through many different changes. It was letter grades. Um, at one point, it was just 1 through 10, so on and so forth, and it's just continuously changed and modified and no grading system in the world is perfect. I'm not claiming claiming my grading system is perfect either, but it's been a lot of time and effort putting in, put into this. Before I get into the actual player grades, and it's for every single player who's taken at least 20 snaps for the team, um, but not including players who are no longer with the team, and uh, I will go over a couple of them as well just briefly before I actually get into the actual players. But before I get into all that stuff, I just want to take a time to say thank you to our great sponsor, Audible. You guys can get a free audiobook download and free 30-day trial at www.audibletrial.com. They have over 180,000 titles to choose from for your phone, iPhone, Android, Kindle, MB3 player, any, everything. Again, that's www.audibletrial.com. I use Audible. I absolutely love it. I'm a very busy person, constantly doing bunch of different stuff and i love to read but i don't have the time to read but i always have my phone on me and i'm able to just plug in my headphones 
put put on a book and just listen to it as I'm doing other stuff. Often as I'm writing, as I'm doing all my work for mileahuddle.com, all the film stuff, I often am listening to a book while I'm doing it. So I absolutely love Audible and I highly recommend it. Now, for the couple players that I graded that aren't with the team, I mean, there's not many. There's Demarius Thomas, who's with the Texans, and he had a before I the this last game against the Texans, whom he was traded to, as everybody knows by now, he was sitting at a 73.7 grade and not really going to go into why that grade was. I mean, just drops, issues, some issues blocking, but he made some big catches. There were some missed opportunities, things like that. But there were definitely, definitely multiple negative impacts on his grade. Chad Kelly, he only played one snap with Denver. And then the other one was Isaiah McKenzie, who he came in was a returner off and on, off and on, back and forth from the 53-man roster to the practice squad. But now he's with the Buffalo. That doesn't matter. First, the first player on the Broncos that I'm going to start with is Case Keenum, the quarterback, of course. The heart of the offense is the quarterback. He's one of the two players that touches the ball every single snap. Now, he's played 608 snaps for the Denver Broncos, and he has a 61.5 grade. It all hasn't been pretty with Case Keenum. He has missed some very obvious throws. He's made some very bad throws, but he's made some really nice throws as well. It's just very hit or miss when he's very comfortable. When he's doing things he's comfortable with, You can. it's very obvious that he's comfortable with it. His play is drastically different. It's much more improved from things that he's not so comfortable with. And I feel that a lot of his issues do fall back on the play calling, but I went over that guy, over Bill Musgraves and his play calling in the last trickle down theories episode, this is about the players. Now, Case Keenum, I really want to see him do better going on towards the end of the season. I mean, again, there's some throws that he's definitely missing. He can do a little bit better maneuvering around in the pocket, avoiding pressure. He can do better with his pre-snap reads to set up the blocking and stuff like that. But it's even as much as an issue as play calling is, and this is a big one for me, the players still need to go out and execute. And Case Keenum at times just isn't doing that. Now, Royce Freenham, he's missed a couple games now. He's only played 163 snaps. He has a 75.4 grade. And I really feel that these last couple games, the Chiefs game and the Texans game, Denver really had a chance to win if they had Royce Freeman. His between-the-tackles running ability to pick up some of those tough yards would have really helped them out, and I think that play calling would have been a little bit different. So I think his presence definitely has been missed. His biggest issue has been blocking but even that, as the games are going by, he was improving in that area as well. Devontae Booker, he's played 195 snaps. He's really benefited from Royce Freeman being out. Now, he did have a grade of an 80.7 prior to the Texans game, but he had a big fumble. He was missing in the Texans game. He had, he had that fumble. He was missing some missing some holes. His vision wasn't that great. I mean, he was great in the Kansas City game, but it just didn't translate over to the Texans game, and that plummeted his grade plummeted his grade down to a 73.1. His blocking has been hit or miss. Like There's just been a lot of issues with him, but running the ball, he was actually quite hot for a few times that he has. Again, I come back to that Kansas City game. That game really raised his grade up from prior to it. I mean, he was in the high 60s prior to that Kansas City game. Then he was able to jump up into the 80s. So that definitely had a huge impact on it. Andy Janovich has played 134 snaps, and he carries a 75-point grade. And basically, he's not being utilized as much as he possibly should be. I mean, he's definitely had some huge blocks on the season. He's definitely made some a few big plays for the Broncos. But 
there's also been times where he's completely whiffed his block, missing the guy. The guy's coming, come screaming right by him, and he's able to make the play. That's just an issue that Andy has plagued Andy Janovich's whole career and with the Denver Broncos, and definitely something that I want to see better. It just seems to be that he's so disciplined into staying in his blocking lane that he's missing the guy who just steps off to the side a little bit, and he ends up blocking no one. Denver wants to be a run-focused team. They definitely need to get more from him to do that. Emmanuel Sanders, he's the number one receiver, and he's been fantastic this year. He has one of the highest grades for all offensive players with an 83.5. He's played 524 snaps for the Denver Broncos. He's got he's been able to get into the end zone as a throwing the ball. He's been able to get in there as a receiver. He's been able to get in there as a rusher. It's very clear that he's the focal point of this Broncos offense, and I absolutely love it. This guy is looking like he's found the fountain of youth, so to speak, but not so much the fountain of youth, but he's found the found the fountain of quickness. He's been really hard to cover. Even when he's not getting the ball, he's often getting separation. And I mean, a good amount of separation between the other defensive backs who are covering him. And it's just a matter of Case Keenum's not getting to him through his reads on time, or the blocking's not allowing Case Keenum the time to really get to find him. But there's definitely issues there. I mean, there's not much that Emmanuel Sanders can do to really improve his game. It's just a matter of the quarterback's got to come around and see him quicker. Denver's got to keep scheming ways to find get him open. And they got to stop with the jet sweeps when they don't make sense for him because that's really the only negative play for Sanders. That lowered his grade, but it wasn't didn't lower it much. It just lowered it about a point simply because... I mean, you always hope that he's able to make a break a few tackles. I mean, he ended up getting a loss for six yards. He tried a little do a little bit too much there as well. But it, the reason why they lost so many yards wasn't because of him, though. So that's why it was only a loss of one point instead of more. Corlin Sutton has 81 point grade with 432 snaps. This young receiver, again, it's just a matter of. He's got a huge catch radius. He's able to go get multiple balls. There's been a few times where he's just had the ball knocked out of his hands when it shouldn't have been. Just a few misses like that. Definitely want to see better and see him come down with those catches. And his blocking has been really good as well. I mean, there's a lot to love about this rookie wide receiver, and his future in Denver is definitely bright for sure. Just There's been also been a few throws his way, though, that the quarterback just kind of didn't place him in the right spot. So getting a little bit of better placement, maybe a little bit lower. I mean, Corlin Sutton's got, again, has a huge catch radius. But even then, there's still limits to it. And the quarterback isn't always getting into his catch radius. Deshaun Hamilton, he's played 101 snaps, has a 78.2 grade. And his blocking ability has been tremendous. He hasn't had that big of an impact as a receiver. But there's a lot to like with him. His route running is really crisp. That's one thing that I was consistently noting when – throughout this process was when he was out running a route. His routes were crisp. He was getting separation and it was just really great to see the way that he was moving through his routes and able to get the separation that he was. Tim Patrick, 108 snaps and 85.3 grade. Basically this guy's made a play when called upon. And when you're the fifth, sixth receiver on the depth chart, when you get called upon, you got to make the place to be able to get more reps, and that's exactly what Tim Patrick has been doing. I like what I've seen from Tim Patrick, and I definitely want to see more moving on, and I think the trade of Demarius Thomas is definitely going to help not only Hamilton, but Tim Patrick see a little bit more snaps as well. River Craycraft has only seen seven snaps, so he's not actually going to get graded. Um, the few snaps that he's seen, I just they were good, 
But again, it's just so few that it's going to um, skew the numbers a little bit way too much for him to actually get graded. Jake Butt, 97, point, 97 snaps, 65.2 grade. He was making plays as a receiver. His blocking was absolutely atrocious. He ended up getting hurt, which is really cruddy for Denver because when he got hurt was when he was really starting to make his presence felt as a receiver for them. So that's And that definitely has affected the Broncos' offense. Jeff Hireman, he had a great game against the Texans. I mean, it was it was fantastic. It's been one of the best games that they've had. Well, it has been the best game that of a Broncos tight end for five years, six years. Like it was just tremendous. The game he had, he's not the best block in the world, but he's serviceable. He's got a seventy-eight point nine grade. It this Texans game definitely raised it up. I mean, his grade prior was, I believe, a sixty-three point something i'm not sure exactly what it was i know it was low 60s and it was able to raise it up quite a over 10 points so i mean that game that game was tremendous from him malakase he's only got a 52.3 grade on 135 snap so his ability to block is worse than jake butts and i mean he has no business being out there as a lead blocker he completely whiffed on that six yard loss on third and two on the emmanuel sanders jet sweep i was talking about with emmanuel sanders he lost a lot of points for that on his grade it's just continuously been poor play from matt lacasse and the only way he's been able to contribute has been as a receiver and even that has been lefting me wanting more from him the other Broncos tight end that they brought up when Jake Buck got hurt was Brian Parker. He's only played 16 snaps, so he also doesn't have a grade. Now, talking about these grades, it reminds me that, yeah, watching football is fun, but it's more entertaining when you guys have some action on the games. Guys, you've heard me talking about this for weeks, and some of you are still on the sidelines. Whether you're an expert or a rookie, you should be betting at my bookie. If you're the kind of guy that likes to bet a little and win a lot, like playing the numbers on roulette, you can create a big parlay. Pick three teams to win. And if you hit on all three, you can turn $100 into $600. There is so much to bet on. College basketball and college football, NBA, NHL, custom props, and even eSports. You name it. There's so much to bet with all year. I recommend these guys because I really trust them. My bookie has been in business for years. They've got great online reviews, and their mobile site is really easy to use. Sign up this week, and my bookie will give you a 50% deposit bonus to jumpstart your bankroll. It's a great way to bank even more money when you win. Also, make sure to follow at BetMyBookie on Twitter. They personally respond to every mention and DM. Not to mention that they've given away more than $10,000 in free money to their followers this football season. You'll be the first to know as soon as new odds and props are posted. Don't miss out on one of the best weeks to bet on sports this year. Log on to MyBookie right now and use my promo code theories one T-H-E-O-R-I-E-S and the number one, and you guys get that 50% deposit bonus. That's promo code THEORIES1. You guys play, you guys win, you guys get paid. Now, continuing on with the offensive line, it's been kind of a rough go for them. I mean, they've had their ups, they've had their downs. Their play as blockers in the passing game has been a lot poorer than a lot of people realize. I've been, for those of you that don't know, one of my projects that I've been doing has going through and breaking down the offensive line, allotting pressures, the time to throw, time to pressure, time to sack, all that stuff that goes into it, how Case Keenum is moving to avoid pressures, all this stuff. And one thing that has really opened my eyes doing the, uh, what has, one thing I've really opened my eyes on doing that is just how poor this offensive line has actually been 
in pass protection. Now, against the run, they're one of the best units in the NFL. They're consistently opening running lanes. I mean, they have a few bad plays here and there where they're not able to get any push. But for the most part, nine out of ten times, they're getting a lot of push. They're opening up huge running lanes, and the running backs are able to exploit that and picking up good yards. That's why Denver's running game has been so effective. But the passing game, that's what that's what's really hurt these guys' grades. I mean, Garrett Bowles, he's dealt with a lot of penalties. He's given up quite a few sacks, 597 snaps, and he's only got a 47.8 grade. Now, he is one of the lowest ones of the offensive line. Most of the others are in the 70s. And it's just he's really got to clean up his game. Those constant holds, those constant sacks, he's getting beat by the same thing. It's just it's gut-wrenching because this is a young player who hasn't – I mean, he's not young himself, but he's young in the in football. He hasn't been playing very long. This is only his fourth year of organized football. And when he plays with good technique, he actually plays really well. He just gets beat once, get, makes one bad mistake, and he just crumbles. He just can't stay out of his own head. Jared Valdir, 256 snap, 71.3. He was doing really well as a run blocker, but he had some issues as a pass blocker. I mean, it wasn't as severe as some of these other guys, but it was definitely – definitely a lot to hope for about solidifying that right tackle position. Then he got hurt and he's missed a lot of time since then. Billy Turner stepped in to replace him. He's got a 71.1 grade with a 359 snaps. He's been a little bit worse in the pass protection than Jared Valdir, but he's been a little bit better in the run game. And that's why their grades are so close is just because Valdir is the better pass blocker. Turner has been the better run blocker. And it's just been that overall Turner has been just, Ever so slightly a little bit worse than Jared Valdir. Elijah Wilkinson, he's only played 55 snaps, got a 51.6 grade. I mean, it's been very up and down in his few snaps that he's played. He came in when Matt Paradis got hurt and just played a few other snaps here and there. But it's definitely something that hopefully moving forward, he's able to definitely improve because without Matt Paradis, Denver needs him to step up. Speaking of Matt Paradis, he was carrying a 74.5 grade. He was the second highest among the Broncos offensive linemen. His issues have been just some awareness ones and then some strength con- strength concerns not being able to get pushed against some of these stronger nose tackles. But in pass protection, it's been he's been really solid. And, he, of course, he's the centerpiece of the offensive line. This offensive line lives or dies by his play. And when he's playing, when he plays lights out, the offensive line as a whole normally is playing really well. But when he's playing a little bit down, I mean, and this isn't really true with the tackles anyways, I'm speaking more so of the interior offensive line tackles. They're often getting beat around the edges, but when he's playing well on the interior offensive line is doing really well when he's playing a little bit down the interior offensive line is a little bit down. So shouldn't have said offensive line as a whole. It's just more so the interior offensive line. Now the other three guys who've been playing on this Broncos squad on that interior have been Ron Leary, Max Garcia and Connor McGovern. Now Leary got hurt. Max, Gar- Max Garcia came in for him. Leary played 383 snaps before he got hurt. Max Garcia since played 242. And he even was rotating with Connor McGovern there for a while against the Rams before Leary got hurt. Max Garcia, he's got the lowest grade among all the Broncos offensive linemen with a 41.2. He's just consistently getting abused by defensive linemen. It's I'm surprised that he made was able to make the roster. He was look I mean, he looked good in preseason at center, but when he was moved back out to guard, it just wasn't pretty. I'm actually a little surprised that Denver is deciding to move Connor McGovern to center and not Max Garcia with Paradis's injury, simply because that's where Garcia was better at, and Connor McGovern's at least holding his own at guard. So, unlike Garcia, it's, you want to put the best guys out there. 
in their best spots, best opportunity, best chances to succeed. And from what I was able to see, what I've been able in my evaluations of this offensive line, Garcia at center at center with McGovern at guard would be a little bit better than leaving Garcia at guard. Now Leary was carrying a 72.4 grade before he got hurt. Connor McGovern, he was the highest graded offensive lineman so far. His run blocking has been tremendous. He's had some issues here and there in pass protection, but he's got been carrying a 76.7 grade with 593 snaps. Now, before I get to the defensive side of the ball, I just want to remind you listeners to please give us a click and subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher. Don't forget to share us on Facebook and Twitter and wherever else you may be, even word of mouth. We wouldn't be here today without you listeners. So as a call to action, please go take the time and go to iTunes' Spreaker to rate, subscribe, and let your voices be heard on how well you enjoyed the show. This would be so much appreciated as you guys are the ones who enable us to do something that we all love to do. So please help us spread the word around. Now, before I get to the defense, to the defensive side of the ball. I have a short little story that I want to tell you guys just because it's kind of funny. Now I work as a security guard in the courthouse and the other day we had a jury trial going on. So they were calling the jurors in one of the guys that was in there. I mean, uh, sorry, it wasn't one of the jury trial jury trials. It's one of the, one of the grand jurors that's came in because it was just, it was just this last Wednesday as a matter of fact. Um, Ever since he was called in and he's been anointed, he's always come in with the Broncos with Broncos gear on. So every time he comes through, I talk to him a little bit and just ask him about his opinions on things and stuff like that. Well, not this last Wednesday, but the Wednesday before, I asked him about if he's ever heard of Mile High Huddle and the Mile High Huddle, the Huddle Up pro- podcast network, which this is part of. And I was very curious about this. And he goes, yeah, I heard of it. And he had to go because he was running late, so I didn't want to hold him up too much. But this last Wednesday when he came in, I was asking him about it, and he he came in pretty early, and we're sitting there talking about it. And I asked him about the Mala Huddle, Mala Huddle guys, about the staff there. And he goes, oh, yeah, they're all pretty good guys, but there's one guy there that just really, grind, that just really bothers me. So I was like, okay, uh, curiosity is going to bother me on this one, so I need to ask. He's like, do you remember his name? And he goes, yeah. He's got a podcast that I just remember his last name because it's part of this podcast name. Now, my last name's Trickle, and this podcast is Trickle Down Theories. It is named after me, and it's the only one of this network that is named after the person who does the host of it. So I knew right then and there that he was thinking of me. Now, <laughs> he sits there, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I know what one you're talking about. It's uh, Trickle Down Theories. He goes, yeah, 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 that's it. So I says, I step back. I says, that's funny. And he's like, okay, why is that funny? I says, hi. And I introduced myself and I says, and I'm the host of trickle down theories. And the guy just kind of scoffed and walked away. So later on, I had to prove to him that, Hey, yeah, that's who I am. I am him. I was able to prove that. So if you're listening, your story made it onto this. I hope you're listening. I hope that you continue to interact with me because I've enjoyed talking to you at work and everything. And I hope you enjoy the show and Maybe you start coming around to me a little bit more than you have. But anyways, hi to you. I found that was a funny story. And it just goes to show that spreading the word of our Huddle Up podcast can really actually get spread around. So because he found this through a family member who shared us on Facebook. So that's why it's so that's why we ask of you guys that you help spread the word around about us, because it, it really does come in handy. It really does help us out quite a bit. Now, as for the defensive side of the ball, just to get through this pretty quickly, Derek Wolf, Adam Godza, Zach Kerr, 
I mean, all these defensive linemen are pretty highly rated. The lowest one is Demarcus Walker. He's only played 21 snaps, though, so he just barely qualified. He's got a 55.3 grade. He does. He's able to be part of plays, but it's often as a cleanup guy. If you guys haven't read it yet, I do have a film piece up about him that goes over all nine of his snaps against the Houston Texans. His game wasn't as good as the stats show. I mean, there's a lot of technical issues with him. He likes to lower his head into contact. Just... A lot of mistakes in his game that really need to be cleaned up. He's he flashes potential, but he's got to get these things down if he wants to continue to grow as a player. Now, Derek Wolf, he's got an 81.2 grade. He's been really good against the run. He's been getting a lot of pressure. Adam Gotzis, he's only played 247 snaps compared to Wolf, who's played 414, the most on the defensive line. But Gotzis is the highest graded defensive lineman on the squad. He's got an 87.3 grade. His play against the run has been tremendous. I mean, he's constantly doing the right thing. He's constantly making, just shutting down lanes, constantly making plays, even if he doesn't end up making the tackle. He's actually, he's doing, he's doing the right thing. He's doing the right way. His techniques really come far, like with how far he was, how far behind he was when he first came into the NFL. His progress has been outstanding. Zach Kerr, this guy's got such a fast get off on, off the snap that it's, it's wow. It, it wows me every time I see it. He's one of the heaviest players. He's over 330 pounds, and he gets off the ball so quickly. He's played 191 snaps, and he's got a 79.9 grade. He get, He's able to get some good pressure. He's able to defend the run pretty well. I mean, there, there is some consistency issues because, I mean, one series he'll be lights out. The next series, after a few series on the sidelines, he's just kind of just underwhelming. So I definitely want to see more consistency from him. Domitop Pecco, the big nose tackle of them. I mean, this year he hasn't been as good as he was last year, but there were some plays against the Houston Texans that just wowed me. I mean, there was one where they were half throwing a quick pass and he was in the backfield just after the snap. He just blew by the center and guard through the gap and was able to get the pressure on Deshaun Watson. He's got a 75.4 grade with 304 snaps. Shelby Harris, I'm actually a little bit disappointed in. I wish he would be doing a little bit more as a pass rusher because he's just kind of lacking there. And that's where all the promise was that we saw from him last year was it was as a pass rusher. He was able to get good pressures. He was, he had five and a half sacks on the season this year. It's just not, just not the same, but he has improved his run defense quite a lot from where he was last year. Last year, he was not a liability, but a liability at the same time. I mean, he was able to hold his own um, every now and then, but there were times where he was just getting pushed off the ball but he's got a 77.9 grade and with how he is against the run, if he was able to bring back that pass rush ability he had last year, he could be a really good and scary defensive lineman to deal with. Getting to the linebackers we've got and the edge rushers, Brandon Marshall, he's got a 42.1 grade. His coverage ability has actually been pretty solid this year, but he's just, he's a complete liability against the run. Just he's able, he's constantly getting blocked out of plays. He can't shed blocks. I mean, and the place he does make against the run, he's coming, he's getting, he's not getting blocked at all. He's able to avoid the blockers. That's where his strength has been this year. That lost weight that he had, that he's, that weight he lost, I should say, has really affected his play against the run. Von Miller, 87.7. He's one of the highest graded defensive players. He's just, he's just been lights out. I mean, he hasn't been getting all these sacks and everything like people were thinking, but he's still getting good amount of pressures. He's still getting playing the run very well. He's even doing well in coverage. I mean, he's a star for a reason. He's the franchise player for a reason. Todd Davis, he's got played 457 snaps. And I know a lot of people are going to disagree with this, but he's got an 84.5 grade. 
his playing coverage has been a liability when he's not used correctly. I mean, you get him matched up against Sammy Watkins, yeah, he's going to get beat. That's just a matter of the Kansas City Chiefs having so many weapons and Denver staying in base, their corners aren't doing that well, that you're going to be taken advantage of at some way. And that was the matchup that happened in favor of the Chiefs, and they took it. But his play against the run has been – it's been some of the best in the NFL – especially for linebackers. It's been outstanding. He's been one, he's been a very underrated run defender in the NFL for the last couple of years. I mean, his issues have always been in coverage, but a lot of Bronco fans don't seem to realize or be willing to admit how good against the run he actually is. Bradley Chubb, I think is actually the highest graded defensive lineman with 461 snaps. I mean, just like with Miller, I mean, there are some plays that Chubb gives up, especially in coverage. But when he's able to attack, he's get he's getting pressure after pressure after pressure. He's getting after the quarterback. He's putting the heat on. He's blowing up plays in the backfield against the run. He's got really good technique. He plays smart. He stay, plays disciplined. He doesn't look like a rookie out there on the field, which is something that really something that stands out to me because rookie edge rushers often look like rookie edge rushers, but Bradley Chubb looks like he's been doing this in the NFL for five years with his discipline and technique. He has a, he has serious potential for the Denver Broncos. Shaq Barrett, 191 snaps. He's got a 76.4. He's been used sparingly. And when he's been on the, been able to see the field, he's been making plays. I mean, getting, Good amount of pressures. He's gotten a few sacks. I mean, I know there was one game where he only played four snaps and he got three. He got two pressures and a sack on it. And I mean, that's just it's just great. It's being very effective on your snaps that you get. And Jack Barrett definitely should be getting more playtime than he is. Josie Jewell, his play has been a little bit overrated by fans on social media. He's got a 71.3 grade, and he's been has had some issues in coverage for the Broncos over the whole season, really. I mean, he has made some plays, but for the most part, he's been a liability. But his play against the run has been really good. Not as good as Todd Davis, but it's definitely been better than Brendan Marshall's, which isn't hard to do. Shane Ray has a 66.5. He's been hurt the last few games, been missing a lot of time. He's got 146 snaps under his belt. I mean... There's times where he's playing the run very well, which if anybody knows me and has followed my work, his run defense has been absolutely atrocious. It's been some of the worst in the NFL, and it's been something that's constantly constantly hounded on by me is his run defense. And uh, at times he's playing lights out, set, doing a really good job setting the edge, using proper technique. Then at other times he's getting washed out of the play. So definitely want to see more consistency from him against the run when he comes back healthy. Now, I still have quite a bit to finish off. I have the defensive backs that I got to get to. But I want to holler at you guys about why you need to become a Mile Huddle VIP VIP subscriber. Mile Huddle's approach to covering the Broncos is not just about reporting the news, though we pride ourselves on being able to break the news in real time as it's happening. But what we really like to focus on is the breaking down the Broncos in depth with all 22 film reviews, X's and O's, all that stuff, like my DeMarcus Walker piece. And here soon, we're going to be having deep dive player evaluations for the NFL draft. So we, we save our best and most in-depth content for our v, VIP subscribers, for our premium members. To become a Mile, Mile High Huddle VIP and get access to 100% of our written analysis and VIP Insider forums, just click on the green banner at the top of the website. You guys get to choose monthly or annual, and you're locked in. From there, you get access to everything produced, which includes any Insider information we pick up on the, along the way, which goes into our VIP Insider forums especially with the Broncos potentially moving on from their head coach after the season. There's quite a bit of insider stuff that's going on in that topic about the Broncos. 
and we work hard on bringing you guys the best Broncos coverage and analysis on the web and Broncos focus. It is the best content out there. We just ask for your support by becoming a VIP subscriber. You guys pull the trigger and you guys have my word. You won't be disappointed. Now, just rounding this out. We just have the defensive backs left to get into. I mean, Joseph Jones, Kayshawn Barrera and AJ Johnson between the three of them, they've only played four snaps and they've all came from the area on defense. So none of them are going to get graded. So it's just the defensive backs. And just to say this now, DeMonte Thomas and Shamarco Thomas, they both aren't getting graded as well. Shamarco's only played 19 snaps, which just is under the qualifier. And DeMonte Thomas has only played nine snaps. Chris Harris, he's been far and away the best defensive back for the Broncos. He's earned himself an 80-point flat grade. I mean, it started off rough for Chris Harris. I mean, even every now and then he still gives up a play. But he's been playing really well. He's most nine out of ten times. Well, even more than that, more like twenty-four out of twenty-five times, he's shutting down his receiver. His plays have become that he's been given up have become fewer and fewer, and he's still playing the run as aggressive as he always has. Bradley Roby's been a liability. Tremaine Brock's been a liability. Adam Jones has been a liability. Bradley Roby's played four hundred and eighty-five snaps. Brock's two hundred and one. Jones one hundred and forty-three. None of these guys are going to be on the Broncos squad next year. They've all been playing really poorly. Bradley Roby leads the group with the 52.1 grade, and that's really carried by the game he had against the Arizona Cardinals because he was outstanding in that. But, I mean, he wasn't really facing anybody that was really challenging to him. Tremaine Brock, he's got a 32.1 grade, and Adam Jones has a 42.7 grade. Isaac Yadam, I think, deserves to see more time. I mean, he had a rough go in the preseason, but what snaps he has gotten, and it's only been 70 snaps during this regular season, he's been showing more promise and more potential. I mean, there still have been issues. He's got a 61.8 grade, and Denver really needs to get around to evaluating him and seeing what he's really got, and he needs to get get out on that field, especially over Tremaine Brock and Adam Jones. Those guys are just playing so poorly that they they shouldn't be seeing the fields over Isaac Yadam. Durian Stewart's been a huge issue for this Broncos defense, but he in pass coverage, but he hasn't been the issue in run defense. He's been he's been actually playing the run very well. He's got himself a 67.6 grade. Definitely wish that he was able to play the coverage like he was a few years ago. I mean, part of that is that he's a few years older. His and but the biggest thing is that his role has changed a little bit. So he's not that deeper safety like he was a few years ago when the Broncos had TJ Ward when Stewart was so great against the coverage. But even then, that doesn't explain the lack of discipline that he's had. He's been giving up. Um, he's been giving up his zones completely. He's been biting on play actions. They're just all of a sudden he just seems to be an undisciplined player. Will Parks has been playing quite a bit with Darian Stewart out. He's played 309 snaps. He's got a 67.6 grade. Early on in the season, it was not pretty for Will Parks. I mean, every snap that he played, he was getting told how to line up. I mean, he just wasn't getting anything down. He had none of it down, and it was just consistently somebody's coming up and having to walk him into his spot, having to break down what it is that he had to do. But that's kind of changed over the last few weeks, and he's been playing pretty well. Definitely shows some promise. I mean, I don't see a guy who can be a full-time starter, but I definitely see that guy who can be a number three safety for the Denver Broncos. Sewell Cravens is finally back. He's only played in one game so far. That game, he got a 61.5 grade on 27 snaps. There were times where it was definitely rough for him. I mean, first game back in a long, long time. He only played one preseason game, and even that was sparingly. He didn't play any games last year. So it's been a long time for Sewell Cravens to play in a game, especially a game that really matters. 
So it, it, there was definitely rough spots. There were some bright spots as well and definitely potential for the future. And as he gets more reps, hopefully he gets, he improves and especially in the stuff that, you know, comes with just time and being out on the field, some of the reads, some of just, you know, just the, the feeling of being back on the field and everything, getting into game shape because you can be in shape, but you're never in game shape unless you're playing. And that's what to me, it would be, was the issue with Sua Cravens. And the last guy is Justin Simmons. It's his season's been just a huge disappointment. He's got a 69.2 grade with 594 snaps, but this is a guy who came in and people thought was going to be a breakout star. He's going to thought that he's going to be the, a huge piece on the defense, making multiple plays, and he has made a few plays. But we definitely want to see more. He's been an issue with tackling, especially in the open field. We just you have to see better from him. I mean, he's a guy, he's a young budding star coming into the season. And he's just, now he's looking like a guy who is just, just that, just the guy, just the Jag, somebody that you can easily upgrade over. And I mean, Denver needs more from him. I mean, they invested a third round pick. They've been dealing with a lot of bad picks in over the last few years. They definitely need him to step back up and look like he is that pick that can really be worth something, especially with this defense that has a lot of holes on it. I mean, if you have to, I mean, they already need one safety. If you have to go out and get both safeties, this is a defense that's going to be, be in a bad spot because they already have so many other holes. Anyways, guys, I want to thank you all for listening to this episode of Trickle Down Theories. Please leave a like and subscribe and follow me on Twitter at Eric Trickle. You can always reach me on there with any kind of question, and I'm more than willing to respond. I love the interaction with all you guys, the fans, listeners, and readers of our content because without your support, we wouldn't be here where we are. So we thank you for that. Also, please follow at Mile Huddle for all of our written work from MileHuddle.com and at Huddle Up Pod for all the podcasts on the Huddle Up Podcast Network. And keep an eye out because I do do periscopes. I do three on every game day as long as I'm not too busy. I mean, last few weeks I've been pretty busy, so I've been doing them. And I try to do a few a week, which I'm hoping to get back into here soon. Although that may be off and on with holiday season, but definitely something that I'm aiming to do. Anyways, I had a great time with you guys just sitting here talking. I hope you guys will join me again in the future. I am your host, Eric Trickle. Thank you guys for listening to this episode of Trickle Down Theories. And please, have a wonderful day. You've been listening to Trickle Down Theories. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.